that. There we go. It truly is an honor and a privilege again to uh, share with with you, and just want to thank you, JP, for for uh, just that partnership, brother, and serving with each other, man. I just really thank you uh, for the opportunity. Ultimately, I thank God um, for the opportunity. Man, I, it, it, what an awesome day to be reminded, right, on Sunday to come together and be reminded of God's love for us and grace. I. I I wouldn't be standing up here if it wasn't for God's amazing grace. And so I just I hope that you're going to be encouraged and, 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 uh, and pray that you will and believe that you are. God is with us and truth is being made known and we can stand on it for eternity. Amen. Let us pray. Father, I pray that you would just use me in a mighty way for your glory, that every bit of this would be about you. Even when I am tempted to take any kind of credit for anything that you are doing in and through me or around me. Father, that you would that you would quickly remind me and us that it's all about you and for your glory. You are worthy to be praised. Jesus, our King and our Lord forever and ever. Amen. Tom carried his new boat to the edge of the river. He carefully placed it in the water and slowly let out the string. How smoothly the boat sailed. Tom sat in the warm sunshine, admiring the little boat that he had built. Suddenly, a strong current caught the boat. Tom tried to pull it back to shore, but the string broke. The little boat raced downstream. Tom ran along the sandy shore as fast as he could, but his little boat soon slipped out of sight. All afternoon, he searched for the boat. Finally, when it was too dark to look any longer, Tom sadly went home. A few days later, on the way home from school, Tom, he spotted a boat just like his in the store window. And when he got closer, he could see, sure enough, it was his. Tom hurried to the store manager. Sir, sir, that's my boat in in your window. I made it. Sorry, son, but someone else brought it in this morning. If you want it, you'll have to buy it for one dollar. Tom ran home and counted all his money. Exactly one dollar. When he reached the store, he rushed to the counter. Here's the money for my boat. As he left the store, Tom hugged his boat and said, Now you're twice mine. First I made you, and now I bought you. Amen. We have been bought with the blood of Christ. He is our creator and our redeemer. Sometimes we, we forget this truth. That we've been redeemed. Or we have trouble even comprehending our redemption. It's amazing grace. And it should absolutely blow our mind. Jesus Christ went above and beyond. By his own means. To provide us security and freedom. Jesus Christ went above and beyond. By his own means 
to give us security and freedom. Today we're going to be talking about Hebrews, specifically chapter 9, verses 11 through 14. And in this book, we see the superiority of Christ, that Christ is superior, yes? We've, we've talked about it time and time again. That Jesus is greater than Moses. He's greater than the angels. He's higher than the high priest. He's greater, bottom line. All the sacrifices you offer, he's greater, the one true sacrifice, the greatest, the high priest. In this book, it, it's, it's a letter written to Jews believing in Jesus. That's who the letter's written to. Jews that believed in Jesus who were facing persecution from outsiders. We learned that from the book, right? For their belief and for trusting in Christ and following him. They, these, these Jews believing in Jesus faced persecution about their beliefs and following Christ. Bottom line is the world gave them a hard time about them following Christ and what they believed. And they struggled with their own doctrine and belief system. So there was persecution and doctrinal delusion in this book. And we see that throughout the whole book from, from the first chapter to the last. It was the Old Testament system versus the New Testament system. As if they're two separate, they really are two in one. Yes? They fit together. And so... In their minds, remember, they're Jews believing in Jesus, but they've been in the habit of doing what? Their, their, their history has passed along to them a way of life, right? A sacrificial system. Giving at the altar. Doing certain things. Following the law, the Torah, the first five books. The, the book of Moses, yes? The Old Testament. And so now they're, they're following Christ. This is fairly new. And so, yeah, they're, gonna go, they're going upstream. They're going... Against the grain, so to speak. They're going against status quo. And so they are facing persecution and they're struggling with doctrinal delusion. And basically that means their belief. You know, okay, we got the sacrificial system. How do we, how do we get forgiven for sins? It's the Old Testament system. The sacrifices now, it's Jesus. And it's how we live our life. Is it works-based? Is it grace-based? They're struggling with these things. So here in Hebrews chapter 9, there is a more immediate context. I just explain to you the larger context of, of the book. But here specifically, there is a comparison of, of the tabernacle, the furniture in the tabernacle, the system and the, the works that are going on in there, the daily living, the daily chores of keeping the lampstand lit, the bread is there, the incense being, being burned continuously. But there's that Old Testament versus Christ. And we have this comparison there in, in the chapter, uh, chapter 9 here. Where we're going to read. And so the first ten verses explains the tabernacle and all that's going on inside of there. And then, here in verse 11, read with me. But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood. He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh. 
How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You see, we have the comparison of what's going on in, in the Old Testament with the priest and, and, and these individuals that were designated to take out the worship of God. But there's, there's something else going on here in verses 11 through 14. There's something greater that the writer wants to remind his people of as they face persecution, as they're facing the, 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 the status quo, as they're struggling internally what to believe, what is truth, what is doctrinally sound. We're going to talk about three things. The first thing is answering the question of where. Above and beyond. Jesus went above and beyond. That's the first thing we're going to talk about. The second thing we're going to talk about is the question of how. By his own means. That's how. Jesus went above and beyond. That's where. How? By his own means. And what did he do? He provided our security and freedom. Above and beyond, by his own means, and provided our security and freedom. Let's look at verse 11. Where did Christ go? In comparison, what happened with Christ? But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, not of this creation. Jesus went above and beyond. Here's what's important. It's a greater and more perfect place that he went. We realize in this very truth that our salvation is impossible for us to attain. Because he went a place that you and I could never go. He did something that you and I can never do. We are absolutely 100% hopeless without Jesus going above and beyond. Speaking of this above and beyond, I'd like to share a couple of things with you regarding going above and beyond. Can I do that? So I'd be amazed if somebody said, no, please shut up. But I can handle that because I've been told that. Most of us have experienced... It's at one time or another, the dreaded vehicle recall. It's usually some minor parts, but replacing it ends up being a huge inconvenience for the car owner, even when replacement parts are free. I hope I got your attention now. Lexus certainly knows how to take the sting out of that. Although previous recalls had been addressed by sending technicians to the affected customers, homes... Uh, the affected customers' homes to fix the problem on the spot. When, Lexus, when the Lexus ES350 sedan was recalled in 2006, the company decided to ask the owners uh, to come on into the dealership. Instead of sitting in a waiting room and waiting for their cars to be worked on, customers were given a brand new Lexus instead. No questions asked. <laughs> wow, wouldn't that be awesome? I don't work for Lexus. Talk about going above and beyond, but in nothing, in no comparison to what Christ has done. Well, I have one for Apple, too. 
Apparently, a man brought an iPad. He bought an iPad online. Then he returned it to the company almost immediately, fixing a post-it note to it and, and on the device that simply read, Wife said no. Returns processors must have gotten a kick out of it because the story eventually made its way to a couple of the Apple vice presidents and uh, uh, who refunded the customer and returned the iPad with an attached post-it note that said, Apple said yes. (laughs) Amen. I'm going to check this out. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go buy one and put a sticky note. I'm going to try it because you can return it. You can't lose. It's it's, it's a win-win, right? All right, I have a disclaimer on this third and final going above and beyond. I, I love my mother-in-law. She's an amazing woman. All right? Very appreciative. Husband and wife had a fight. Imagine that, right? Wife called up her mom and said, he fought with me again. I'm coming to live with you. Mom said, no, darling, he must pay for his mistake. I'm coming to live with you. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, praise the Lord. All right. Well, I'm glad that went well. <laughs> I thought that was a bit of a gamble. Jesus Christ went above and beyond by his own means to provide us security and freedom. The second thing is the how he, by his own means. We talked about above and beyond. But he went by his own means. You see, the the text here in verse 12 says, look what it says. The writer reminds them, look, it says it's not the blood of goats and the calves that you're used to, but it's through his own blood, his own blood. You see, the priest would go into the Holy of Holies and he would not bring his own blood. He would bring what? The blood from the calf, the blood from the sacrifice. Jesus didn't need anybody or anything else. He brought his own blood, the precious blood of Christ. I don't think we can think enough about the blood of Christ and the power of the blood. The preciousness of his blood and what it means to us. But by his own blood, he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. It's his blood versus the the blood of goats and calves. His own blood. You see, nothing else added to that. It was his own blood, his own work. He was the only one that could go where we could not go. And he brought his own blood. No blood added to it. Here's the point I want to make. It's kind of like the baseball player, the pitcher, right? On ESPN, if you ever watch any of these sports shows. And and the picture, the pitcher, sorry, the the, the pitcher says, uh, gets the the credit for the no hitter, right? I think that's very interesting, honestly. How does he get the credit for the no-hitter when the third baseman laid out to catch that ball and pretty much put his life on the line as he dove into the, to the stands of the people, right? And comes back all bloody. Well, he caught the, the pop-up. But the pitcher gets the credit for pitching a no-hitter. I think that's very interesting. You see, Jesus doesn't need, he doesn't need any assistance. He actually pitched a no-hitter. He did it all on his own. But we don't think like that. Well, on the flip side, I think it's very, very interesting that we get all the credit for the no hitter. The blood of Christ gives us. He laid his life out. He went out for us. And shed his blood so that you and I could get all the credit. 
But we know God gets the credit and the glory, but he presents us as such. You know, we sang earlier in that song. We stand by we stand in righteousness. I want to add to it. We stand in the righteousness of Christ. It's by his blood. Above and beyond, Jesus went by his own means. Jesus Christ went above and beyond by his own means to provide us security and freedom. And that's the the third and final point we're going to talk about. The provision of security and freedom. And this is so very crucial for us to understand. Verses 12 through 14, I'm going to read it. It's really the end of verse 12. You know, he went once for all by his own blood, right? Having obtained what? Eternal redemption. Very important. He obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those can can give them a ceremonial washing, how much more would the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish, cleanse your conscience, your conscience from dead works, to serve the living God. In these verses, we see that, that Jesus Christ provides a security that is eternal. Not temporal, but eternal. And it's a done deal. And it can't be undone. It doesn't wear out. It doesn't fade. There's nothing you can do to push it away. Because you did nothing to gain it. Jesus Christ went above and beyond and he was the only one that could go. He brought his own blood for us. We could never add anything. He alone, you know, in the text here, it says that he obtained eternal redemption in verse 12. That verb obtained is, 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 is important to know because it, it talks about in the grammar when you dig a little bit deeper that he alone did it and no other or nobody else or nothing else. He alone did it. You are secure, brothers and sisters. You better just accept it. It doesn't make sense, does it? Sometimes it just doesn't. We can't comprehend. We struggle with this doctrinal belief, but we are eternally secure. We are. That's the bottom line. You know, I love 1 Corinthians 6, verse 11. Paul's talking to the, the Christians in Corinth that are struggling. And he's reminding, he says, listen. Such were some of you talking about evil and wicked and separated from God. But listen to this. He says, but you were washed. E.D. past tense completed action. You were sanctified past tense completed action. And you were justified past tense completed action. And they all have ongoing results. And what God has started, he's going to finish. Take that for the rest of your life. You've been washed. Completed action. Ongoing results. You've been justified as you stand before the judge. The blood of Christ has cleansed you and washed you. I hope you feel secure. And if you don't, that's okay. If you don't, if I have a hard time comprehending it, that's okay too. Because I don't base my faith on how I feel or how I think. <laughs> because my heart can sometimes lead me astray and my thinking can be faulty. 
That's why we base what we believe and we stand on what? The word of God. And that's what we're looking at today. It's the word of God. What's amazing here, too, is this idea of your conscience being cleansed. Now, that's the inward faculty of knowing what's right and wrong. Are you with me? That's that's the place where you you say, okay, this is right. This is wrong. You know, you kind of you do that that thinking here. Well, that's what he's saying. He's saying that what Christ did, he went above and beyond the blood that he shed. The security and the freedom. Is right is all rooted right here. Your conscience has been clean. Now, see, this is what the, the the believers in Hebrews were struggling with. They were used to an Old Testament sacrificial system. You see, they were always aware of their sin. Are you with me? You have to always be aware of your sin. If you're bringing a sacrifice and you've got to bring it tomorrow and the next day, you're always aware of your guiltiness and your condemnation. But there's a comparison. The Old Testament, done away with. The New Testament, Jesus Christ comes in as a sacrifice. You see, when the walk with me on this. When the calf or the animal was brought, the high priest brought it in, or when it was brought to the altar or the blood was brought in, guess what? You were cleansed from that point backward. You with me? The sin you did yesterday up until that point and backward. You see the limitation in that? That's a temporal system. We're not talking about a temporal system. We're talking about an eternal system. The blood of Christ washed once and for all. He doesn't have to continue to wash, continue to die, continue to offer himself. When Jesus Christ shed his blood, it was brought at that present moment for past, the present, and the future. Otherwise, he'd have to die again and again. You're secure. You're free. You know, a lot of times the reality is, is we, we're not, we don't always feel free, do we? We, we may feel bad about what we've done or what we've said or how I acted this morning with my kids before I came here because my wife's out of town and I got five small ones and my life is going to crash. But I'm reminded again this morning that I've been washed, I've been sanctified, and I've been justified. And if I base my belief on my feelings, they will lead me astray. And so we must remember that no longer do we have to think we are guilty of our sin. I know the question you're asking right now. I know. Then why confess? Then why does God say in his word, O preacher, that you must confess? If, if God doesn't remember our sin anymore and you're not supposed to feel guilty or, 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 or have any awareness. Hold on. Let me clarify. We're no longer condemned. Right? There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. There's a difference between fellowship and relationship. As Christians, when we sin, we can fall out of fellowship with God, but never out of relationship. I'm always a son, a child of God. You will always be his child if you're born again, washed by the blood. You may fall out of fellowship with God. You confess to get the fellowship back right again. Not relationship. You're not in one day and out the next day and you don't know. Because then we're talking about this is what I need to do. This is what I don't need to do to then be in a relationship with God. But that never changes. You will always love your children. I hope. You may not always be in a good relationship with them, though. A good fellowship with them. But they will always be yours. Well, what God has done has been so much greater. 
than that illustration in and of itself. So God has provided eternal security and freedom. We no longer have to go and serve God with on our mind thinking, oh, I'm a sinner, I am bad, I can't do this. Because a lot of times that's the thing that hinders us from doing ministry and taking care of people and doing things is that we feel guilty and our conscience is not clear. The blood of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ has cleansed our conscious state. We are no longer condemned, no longer guilty. Jesus took the price and paid the penalty. We have been declared clean. Jesus Christ went above and beyond by his own means to provide us security and freedom. Where did he go? He went above and beyond. How did he get there? By his own blood. What did he do? He provided us eternal security and freedom. Therefore, let us eliminate the doctrinal delusion inwardly and outwardly. Let us persevere based on the fact that we are secure in our faith, in our relationship to God. Brothers and sisters, therefore, go and serve God because you and I, we are free. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for using me, Lord. Thank you for allowing every single person in here the opportunity to know you and to be used by you. Thank you, Father, that the blood of your son frees us to serve and gives us eternal security. So we don't have to wonder or worry. But if we stay in your word. We shall be stable. We thank you, Lord. I only get a small understanding of this. I can only comprehend just a little bit. But I thank you for it. And may you be praised and honored more and more as we continue to think upon this great eternal truth. For it is your word that we stand upon today. Through Christ and by the Spirit we pray. Amen.